Welcome to Insight, the insurance news podcast hosted by me, Andrew Silcox. In this week's edition of Insight, it's co-hosted by Larry Ender. Inflation has got so bad that you can't even pay attention. ASIC is livid with insurers complaining about broken price promises. The price ain't right. There's lots of talk about inflation, but despite the cost of living, we believe it remains popular. The next problem we're seeing is that even cyclists are letting their ties down to combat inflation. Why do we call it the war on inflation and not the conflict of interest? No one on today's panel can answer that, but they can tell us more about business interruption rulings coming out of AFCA. Hello, everyone. This week, I'm joined by a select team, senior journalist Miranda Maxwell, deputy editor Wendy Pugh, and chairman Terry McMullen. Hello, Terry. Good morning. Come on down. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Hello, Miranda. Good morning. How are you? Good. Are you a Price of Right fan or expert? I do recall watching it a bit. Uh, we didn't have a lot of choice back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> that really does say it all, yeah. doesn't it? Hello, Wendy. Oh, good morning, Andrew. Who was your favourite Price's Right host? I, I don't know. I was more of a sale of the century uh, watcher. <laughs> oh, controversial. Yeah. Much like this podcast, Wendy, the corporate regulator isn't happy with insurers publishing a strongly worded report about broken pricing promises. Yes, well, ASIC uh, in 2021 ordered insurers to complete reviews of their pricing promises after uh, seeing that sometimes they just weren't being uh, delivered. So the report they released last week says there was a systemic failure to deliver on promises, which, is me which has meant 5.6 million consumers have been overcharged $815 million. Um, and ASIC says there were just too many complexities and an underinvestment in systems, controls and, and data, and um, insurers failed to take action as early as they should have, uh, given that the issue had been um, flagged a number of times in the years before the, the reviews were ordered. Andrew Millen, that's more than the mitigation fund, isn't it? Do you think ASIC is justified in its comments, Terry? Well, uh, look, this isn't a, a problem that anyone raced to fix, is it? And in the circumstances, you know, COVID, lots of natural catastrophes, there are some excuses insurers can offer, but for God's sake, don't ignore it. ASIC says it's caused by a lack of organisation and discounting and pricing promises, inadequate reviews, poor design and administrative practices, siloed decision-making, for God's sake, and so on. None of that is good enough in 21st century business, really. The whole way in which insurers deal with discounts and special pricing offices and what have you highlights really a, it's a long-running disconnect or maybe an imbalance between the marketing department that devises the offers and the underwriters who have to factor it into the pricing. So when it gets screwed up and we drag our feet on fixing it, it makes the whole industry look, you know, a bit shonky. Well, in other news, Miranda, we all like a party and one... Appeal Court ruling has brought relief for party organisers and insurers alike. Yes, the Court of Appeal in Queensland overturned an earlier ruling that had said a couple who hosted a 21st for their son at their farm were liable for the actions of one of the guests. He was called Robert and he later pleaded guilty to causing grievous injury and that was because during the party Robert found a jerry can in a dark shed and decided it would be a great party trick to pour petrol on another guest who was called Charles, who was asleep, and set him alight. 
The first judge had awarded Charles $600,000 on the basis the parents and Robert were both were all liable with a 30-70 split because it was a foreseeable risk. And the overturning of that is really interesting from an insurance standpoint because that initial ruling had significant implications for home and contents policies and could have dramatically increased claims from residential parties and therefore affected premiums. The appeal judges basically said any legal duty to prevent harm from the misuse of ordinary things was an intolerable burden. And so that's a win for insurers, although... Charles is now trying to appeal to the High Court. <laughs> this is brilliant. Um, <laughs> if the initial ruling had stood, Wendy, I mean, what would have been the result, not just for Robert and Charles? Well, I mean, it would have put a pretty heavy burden on people hosting a party. You know, it's been suggested that they might have need to have had, you know, um, security cards in place, you know, to make sure people are doing the right thing. But um, And th- this was a farm um, property, but it would have had implications for any home uh, policy in backyard barbecues or parties. So, um, and, and as Miranda said, you know, it could have had the potential for a big increase in claims resulting from incidents at, at, at residential parties as well. So I think probably everyone's ha- happy that the result's going the way it has. Well, there are more business interruption rulings coming out of AFCA, Miranda. What's the gist here? AFCA's working its way through pandemic claims. Now it has those legal test cases and interpretation of policies from the federal court that came down in favour of insurers. So this time it's two Victorian beauticians that have lost their BI disputes. They tried to claim because they were forced to close due to lockdown orders for non-essential activities. And AFCA has backed Suncor in ruling that the state's restrictions were not directly tied to outbreaks near their businesses. Basically, AFCA says the issue isn't whether there was a nearby outbreak, but whether the order was made as a result of disease at or nearby the premises. So it's a little bit chicken and egg, you might say, but AFCA says the lockdown orders were general and anyway, exclusions in both policies citing the Biosecurity Act would apply regardless. So no joy for the beauticians which is what you would expect from previous rulings. What's well, a little bit more than just a lipstick service. This is presumably all in line with the test cases, Wendy, but it's been handled differently in the UK, hasn't it? Well, that's right. Well, um, in the UK, the, the test case fell more in favour of policyholders and there's been a, a lot of money paid out. Um so, you know, here it's been interpreted as, well, you know, the the government didn't mention your business in, in um, coming up with these lockdown orders and uh, therefore it wasn't caused by the outbreak near you. Whereas in the UK, it seems to be more of an approach that, that every outbreak contributed to the lockdown orders. So all the all the individual cases were sort of an equally effective um, proximate cause of, of the government measures. Well, the public liability affordability crisis has hit music venues, caravan parks, amusement rides, as uh, many of our listeners would know. And now it's affecting cyclists, Wendy. Yeah, the organisation Oz Cycling, which represents groups from leisure cyclists to um, uh, competitive racing um, uh, clubs and organisations um, is raising its membership fee and it's going to introduce an, uh, a special insurance levy uh, because of a sharp increase in its public liability cover, which is needed obviously to, for, for running events. They've advised there's been a, you know, a massive premium increase 
Johnson also established an internal insurance project group to see how to address this in the future. I guess these increased insurance costs are a symptom of the broader market, Terry, or uh, do cyclists just need to look where they're going? Oh, there's a loaded question. Look, the, the best way to keep cyclists' public liability premiums down would be to make insurance mandatory. Then you'd have a bigger pool and maybe you could deal with it. And maybe the authorities can spend some of the money they spend now on bike lanes teaching cyclists the basic rules of the road and the footpath. Look, as my dog and I risk life and limb each day walking on shared paths in our local park, I realise half of the two-wheeled half which we encounter have no idea of their responsibilities. They are literally a public liability. So they're probably uninsurable anyway, Andrew. Good balanced response there. (laughs) And finally, Miranda, this year's diving theme has been announced. Yes, the dates have also been announced. So it's going to be held September 26 to 28 globally. Uh, They're always looking for new ways to explore diversity and inclusion. And this time the theme is Unlocking Innovation, the Power of Inclusion. Uh, The idea is that a more inclusive culture will generate a wider range of ideas and solutions. And the organisers say innovation demands a culture where diverse perspectives are a competitive advantage. Uh, It's going to be hybrid format again. It'll cover things such as mental health, religious equality, ageism, disabilities, and so on. And last year was another record attendance with 34,000 people from 40 countries. So it seems to go from strength to strength each year. Well, diving has been running for several years now, Terry. How do we make sure people don't stop engaging with what is still a critical issue? Yeah, look, I think you'd have to agree that the profile of diversity and inclusion issues has increased enormously in, in the few years since Lloyd's set it up uh, under Inga Beal. Uh, look, the best way to keep people engaged on the relevance of the project is to keep talking about it, celebrating the variety and learning the experiences and and really life experiences of the people who work, work alongside us. I think it's doing a, a great job and has done a great job. And I, th- I think it'll just keep developing. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to our panel, Wendy Pugh, Terry McMullen and Miranda Maxwell. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. We value your input. You can read all these stories and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au. You can subscribe to the Insight Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and all your favorite podcast platforms now. We look forward to catching up again next week.